0: Pull up a chair and join us at the table this week for another episode of Paper Pencil Dice, a tabletop role playing podcast. So, welcome to the initial episode of Pencil Paper Dice, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Uh my name is Mark Ayler. I'm going to be a player.
1: I'm going to let our GM introduce himself. Hi, I'm Tony Penikoff I'm going to be the game master or dungeon master, uh depending on what what edition you're talking about, but uh typically we call ourselves game masters these days. Yep. Super. So we this episode is
0: kind of different. This is not going to be play uh, This episode is going to be a little different. It's not actually a play episode. This is actually rolling up characters. Second edition has a little different uh, way of creating characters, and we kind of wanted to highlight that in this first episode.
1: So if anyone's played Pathfinder in the past or even any of the previous editions of Dungeons and Dragons um, prior to fourth edition, um, most of the time characters were made by rolling dice, uh, generally 3d6 or 4d6 to generate one of the ability scores. Um, Wizard of the Coast, uh, in fourth edition kind of went the way of no longer using dice to generate, care- generate stats and in Pathfinder second edition, they've also similarly gone the same way. Uh, this is overall a good thing because, uh, the most important die roll, or the most critical die roll a lot of times for character creation is that which generates your stats because it influences every die that your character rolls from that point on. So making it fair and balanced while still making it so you can still make a powerful character from the beginning is pretty important.
0: Yeah, I think that's really an interesting thing. You know, that was something I kind of took me a while to get my head around was uh, making my character really grow my stats, which was, uh, you know, my previous Pathfinder characters, you know, you roll, you kind of, you think you're going to go one way and then you end up with a character that's maybe not, doesn't fit what you want to do. So this really makes it so your character really is customized to what you feel your background or your character's backstory is and where you see him projecting going forward.
1: Yeah. And we'll be touching a little bit on differences between Pathfinder and Pathfinder 2nd Edition a little bit while, as we make characters here. Um, so are you ready to get started, Mark? I am. That sounds great.
0: So I think we'll just kind of talk about what my character is, who my character is, what his background is, and then how we got to the character attributes that he has.
1: All right. So what were you thinking about playing as far as like a, a class Um, So my character's name is Huff Bottomsworth, and he is a human from a
0: region of of the gaming area called Nipk, and he is an artisan. So he's been kind of apprenticing as a jeweler's assistant. And so he was kind of uh, in the artisan background, but I thought, what would be kind of a fun thing to do that? And I thought, you know, if he's a rogue, kind of a thief that is an apprentice, but he's kind of got this ulterior motive the motive behind his character as well. <laughs> so that was kind of where I was headed with this character.
1: All right. That, ma- that makes a lot of sense to, to make him a rogue. So, all right. So first of all, you said he was human. So let's start out with... Uh, humans, so humans, uh, by default, they're, um, they, you gain abilities to two ability scores. Uh, the, the standard scores are strength, which is kind of a measure of your physical uh, might. Uh, dexterity is how uh, flexible, how dexterous you are, how good you are at dodging, as well as agility-based things. Uh, constitution is how tough you are. It affects both your hip points as well as how well you fend off disease or endure drinking alcohol, for example uh intelligence is your deductive ability your ability to understand and solve puzzles be able to uh deal with small or intricate tasks uh wisdom is generally is this would be known as like common sense um and then charisma is sort of your your force of personality yep yeah.
0: so because i'm human and because i'm kind of a Rogue, I thought really dexterity and intelligence were the most important for my character there. That makes so a lot of sense. So I yeah. will take plus two in both
1: of those. Alright. So also that's kind of weird because everything starts with a base of ten, right? You just kind Correct. of start off as just normal. Yeah. And humans are unique because they gain no penalties. They're the only of the six races, or six ancestries uh, specifically. They did, they did change, uh, they, they no longer call them races. Uh, they call them ancestries. It's a minor tweak, but it it does make a lot of sense um, because uh, they, there's a lot of sub uh, ethnicities within each each ancestry, so it didn't make sense to call them races to you know to indicate that. Uh, but yes, so when you when you select it, you choose a bonus to uh, multiple um, one or more ability scores for each option. There's four phases. Uh, the first phase is is the racial one, the one we just covered. Then you go into your background. This is uh, as Mark had indicated. This is his. Uh, yeah, you know, the the um, uh, artisan experience that he has, and then the third is your class specifically gives you a bonus, and lastly, uh, you gain a bonus to four ability scores across the board. Each one gives a plus two to your ability scores, and you can you because there's only four of them and two and plus two for each. Most you can ever get an ability score is eighteen.
0: Right, and, and to kind of reiterate of something that Tony said because I'm, I took picked human because I didn't want to take a. Penalty because my gameplay really is going to be my penalty as we kind of go forward. <laughs> You'll see this in, depth in upcoming episodes, obviously. So I, you know, I took the artisan, so that allows me to take a. Uh, I
1: think I get text. I get yeah, intelligence for one. Intel, well, you have an option of intelligence or strength, and then you get one of any one other. Right. So because I wanted to kind of double down that thief, that
0: rogue that road direction i kind of took intelligence and i added one to dexterity my thought was that he's an artist and he uses his hands a lot so why wouldn't he be more dexterous
1: Yep. Yeah. and then uh, you also gained the specialty craft uh skill feat as well right that's that's right Specialty crafting so we'll, we'll cover that later when we get into the skill feats um and then the other thing that you gained is the crafting skill you gain one in that one you get trained in that you also get trained in guild lore. Right. So you want to make note of both of those. Yep. And I've got that both noted. All right. And then next is your class, um, which is rogue. So by default, they have, they can always choose dexterity. But there are three different ones that they can pick between based upon your what's called your rogue's racket. There's, there's three different types of uh, every class with the exception of, I believe, two uh, has essentially like sub versions of the class. Um, rogue is no exception to that particular rule. Um, so for a rogue, your racket is either you are a ruffian. Um, this is probably best in, uh, is like a, a strong arm or a, like a, a, you know, I don't want the, the term thug or sort of a brute type uh, term would, would, would uh, come into play there. Um, they, they, they define it as an enforcer or a highway bandit. Um, but also they say that you can go in the opposite direction and say you can be a noble who bullies others. Um, but typically they tend to be more strength focused. Um, the next one is the scoundrel. This is your fast talking, uh, person who kind of uses their silver tongue to avoid danger and escape tricky situations. Um, and they're kind of more the uh, charisma based one. And then the last is the thief. And this is your more agility based one. Um, this is the one, uh, their their main ability is that they get to add their dexterity to their damage instead of strength. Um, so you get your you, you get to choose one of those three options, and based upon which option you choose, that determines what ability score your class adds to. Right,
0: and and I really kind of went back and forth on this. I kind of like the scoundrel, and you know, I was thinking, you know, he's he works with the public a lot. Maybe he's trying to convince someone to you know sell at a low cost or he's trying to trick someone to you know buying something they don't need something like that so I really struggle between this the scoundrel and then also the thief. So the thief I really like the idea of the, the dexterity modifier on this on the damage attacks because I didn't have the strength, right? The strength on melee attacks Yeah yeah, yeah the strengths on the melee attacks he doesn't get that because he has a not really anything's going in that direction for him and his abilities. So being able to add the, the dexterity modifier I thought was a good way to go. So I ultimately ended up just as a rogue thief versus a rogue scoundrel. But that was a hard choice for me to make. That was kind of, you know, I wish I could just pick both of them. Okay, actually, can I? Can I just pick both?
1: No. Oh, all right, no. no, fair enough. You have know, pick one or the other. That's fair. So ultimately, so, so you said you're going with thief, is that correct?
0: Yep. So with with all those different with all those picks that I had, then I end up with uh, I thought a pretty rounded character, a really good strong rogue character. He's a high dexterity. He's got a good intelligence. So I think he's got uh,
1: pretty uh, good there. Yeah. yeah, I
0: think I think everything was pretty good there.
1: So so, so. okay. So then. So then, yeah. So thief ultimately adds plus two to dexterity. So then the last one is you get four. Or you get four different ability scores. You get plus two to, to each of four.
0: Yep, and I kind of spread that across uh, charisma and uh, constitution, and then obviously I double down again on dexterity
1: and intelligence. So makes sense. So your lowest scores ultimately are going to be your strength and wisdom, which honestly makes sense for your, for the character concept you, you propose. So that, right. that works well. So then the next part that we have to do is we have to choose all the different feats. Um, and, and that is one of the interesting thing about Pathfinder second edition is that they've split out what used to be different character abilities and, and lots of different things that you're getting along the line for your character uh, have all been split out into feats, giving a lot of customization. Some people have complained about uh, Pathfinder calling it feat finder, um, but there are a lot of feats to select from. But that is kind of how you build your character class abilities.
0: Yep, and I and I thought this this was kind of a this was kind of a this was challenging too because there's you know it's it's a new it's a new system so you're like there's lots of. Well, what would this look like, or what would this look like? And but you know, it had, the book actually was written in a way that laid it out fairly well. Once you kind of got the gist of how it was laid out, you no, know, I think absolutely. It, makes, it makes it makes some sense. I think they, they should be credited for that. Uh, the layout of that book, you know, it takes a little bit of ramping up, but then once you get it, it's kind of makes a lot of sense. Absolutely.
1: So, um, are you ready to dive into feats? Or did you sure. Like let's else? jump in there. All right. So, first of all, your feats um, for humans, you'll gain uh, one. Ancestral feet or Ancestry feet? Yep. Um, but also based on your human heritage. I, I don't think we actually covered that one. So there's there's four different human heritages. I, that, that is one thing I forgot to cover early on. So every race has sub-races. Or I'm sorry. Every ancestry has sub-ancestries, I should say, rather. Um, it was always in... Previous editions always called race, so that's a, it's a hard habit to break. But um, so your options are half-elf, half-orc a skilled heritage or a versatile heritage. Right. And I ended up with versatile
0: heritage because, uh, because of the rogue and we're going to kind of get to skills later. It's
1: the rogue gets a lot of skills, a lot of skills. In fact, it's usually not that uncommon for a rogue to be trained in nearly all the skills. Right. So exactly. I, it didn't make as much sense. Cause I was going to get a lot of skills anyhow. So I decided to go the versatile heritage as well. It gives you an extra general fee. So. Right. Exactly. All right. So, but your ancestral feat. um, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, Mark and I, just to, to, for full transparency, we've discussed a little bit, so he's kind of gone done, gone through and done some research on which feats he wants to pick. So which one did you choose for your ancestral feat?
0: My ancestral feat is, uh, I, had, I had specialty crafting, so I went with subtle f-
1: so my ancestry feat. Sorry. Yeah, your ancestral feat. I believe you chose the one uh, natural or no, not natural skill. The natural ambition, where you get an extra class feat. Oh yes, that's right. So I did choose natural ambition. That's that is correct. Yeah. So,
0: so, so yeah, because that gives me an extra, um,
1: gives me an extra, basically an extra wild card to play. Right. So then, you, so that you by base already gained one class feat to start with. So. In this case, you gained two. Right. So I had
0: specially crafting artistry, and so then I picked up uh, a class, a class feat of subtle theft.
1: I think yes. that was your skill feat.
0: No, oh, that was my skill feat. Let me re let me restate that then. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, so I yeah, I picked up, I picked up uh, uh, twin faint was my second class feat. Mm-hmm. Looking at my character sheet, they, they, they like to put the feats all over the place. So they do. I was, I was trying to figure out exactly where I was at. So yes, I picked up Twin Faint as my uh, extra class feat from my human
1: heritage of versatility. Yep, and Twin Twin Faint, what what it's it's based around being a dual wielding. Uh, attacker so you it's 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 a two weapon attack um if you have the the pathfinder second edition uh, core book by the way this is all on page 183 Yep. Um, but it, this allows you to make two different attacks. Uh, your first strike, um, it, this costs two actions. If you're looking at the page, um, there's two boxes uh, by Twin Fate, which means that it takes two actions to use this. Uh, that's another manifestation that I'll get into in a little bit of the action system that Pathfinder 2nd Edition has. Um, but... Twin Feint gives you the ability to, when you attack with the first one, when you attack with the second one, they're considered flat-footed against the second attack, which allows things like the Rogue Sneak Attack to take effect.
0: Right, and because I used my Dexterity to, to do double damage, to do extra damage, I thought that made a lot more sense for me. Right, and then what was the other class feat you chose? So the class feat, because of my class, was then Nimble Dodge, which allows me to... Uh <laughs> If I can see if I can see the character that the, the creature that attacks me, um, I get to definitely dodge out of the way, giving me
1: a an ex, in essence a plus two to my, act, my AC. Yeah. And that is a react. Um, so right. th- so it's not always active. He doesn't always get the plus two. He gets once a turn. You can take an additional plus two against one single attack. Right, because it's a reaction, and
0: you only get one react. That, 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 which is bummer. Because I'm super, super nimble. I should get like
1: multiple <laughs> three, four reactions, really. But you know, I guess we have to play within the rules. Unfortunately. So next up was your skill feats. So you already gained the the subtle craft or the uh, not not subtle craft, special specialty crafting uh, from your background um, of artisan, and then you get another one because rogues. Normally, you only gain a skill feed at second level. Rogues gain a skill feed at every level, so including first level. So what did you choose for your first level rogue skill feed?
0: I picked uh, Subtle Theft, which allows me to kind of do a little more uh, thieving around, right? Yeah. So yeah. I can I can kind of... Uh, yeah. Pick up additional, uh, or I guess it makes it hard for people to recognize the fact Correct. that I've So it gives,
1: a, it gives a negative two penalty whenever someone is attempting to detect using their perception the, the, the theft that you are making. So if you're stealing something off, something off of them, it's a two, a two higher additional perception for them to try to notice that you did that. Right. Um, additionally, if you are concealed, uh, such as like if you're already hiding due to the stealth skill. Uh, this gives you the ability to, um, to, to if you made a distraction first before you tried to steal with them and they don't notice you, that they don't even notice that you were there in the first place. It doesn't break your hiding. Right. Yep. So uh, I will be very good at distracting people. Yep. And then the last thing that you gain because you chose that that versatile... Um, ancestry for human is you gain an extra general feat. Standardly, again, you only gain a general feat at third level for your first one, uh, but you gain an additional one at first level due to your human heritage. Uh, what did you
0: choose for that one? So I picked Incredible Initiative, which actually gives will give me a plus two to my initiative. Okay. Uh, I thought with the plus with all my dexterity, and I thought, you know, why not have a little better initiative?
1: Uh, act first, get rid of all the bad guys before they get to do anything. One of the interesting things about an, an initiative in Pathfinder second edition is your initiative is actually the same same thing as your perception. Uh, so your perception bonus goes to your initiative. So in Mark's case, I believe he has a, fi- a bonus of five to his initiative because rogues are experts, so they gain. A, 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 there's trained, expert, master, and legendary are the four classifications. Uh, trained is a plus two, experts a plus two, and then later on, master and, and legend are also a plus two. Uh, but as an expert, he gains plus four, and his level is one, and he has a wisdom modifier of zero. Add that all together, that gives him five. However, for the purpose of initiative. He has a seven because he has the uh, superior initiative. What was the name of that feat exactly?
0: Uh, and it is uh, incredible. Incredible initiative.
1: initiative. So, he has incredible initiative, which gives him the ability to have two higher when he's rolling for initiative. So, there's that. The next thing that we need to cover is skills, and we kind of got into that a little bit here with uh, talking about the trained expert Master Legendary. Uh, So, uh, rogues gain a lot of skills. So, you already had three to start, or four to start with, rather, because you had your crafting and guild lore, which came from your background. Right. You had thievery, which came from your class. Right, and I thought I got another one from my class as well. I uh, no, Thief is the only one of the three rackets that only gives one.
0: Oh, that's right. That's um, right.
1: So you got, so you gain one from your background, one from your, or two from your uh, two from your background, one from your class, um, and then also Rogue itself gives gives Stealth additionally. To everyone, no matter what your racket is, right? So you have thievery, stealth, guild lore, and crafting. So then, beyond that, you gain seven additional skills plus your intelligence modifier, which is three. Correct, Mark? That's right. So I get a total of ten. Ten above and beyond those three, those four that he has to start with.
0: So that so. was basically. I just took as many as I possibly yeah. could.
1: I think, well, <laughs> so you took
0: two additional lores... Yep, I took two additional lore. I took art lore, and I also took... I had guild lore, and I took... Um, uh, took art lore, and there was another lore you took, I thought. No, I, th- I think I stuck with... Oh, you stuck with art lore? Well, art
1: lore, and I, so I've got art lore and then guild lore. That's okay. right. So, perfect. So you have art lore and guild lore, and then at that point, because of the remaining skills outside of lore... Um, I think you. All, I think the other one that you were talking about was scribe lore. Oh, that's right. It was scribe lore. You are so exactly right. I mean. Yeah, he took scribe lore and art lore. So that's two of his ten. And then of the remaining, he pretty much looked at him and more chose what he skills he didn't want, as opposed to. What he <laughs> that's did. really what it came down to, right? And so I did not take
0: athletics. I did not take medicine or nature or cultism
1: or arcana.
0: Or Arcana, right. In Arcana, the, the, the niche, the, the base sheet was kind of a... Uh,
1: uh, yeah, it, it's a little bit difficult because he has three lores, but there's only space to write down two. So right. we, we crossed off Arcana, since I was also intelligence-based, and you know, crossed that off and made that into Art Lore yep. uh, on his physical sheet. Yep. Um, All right. So we have our feats. We have our skills. We have our class, our ancestry, and all our options therein. So really the last thing we need to worry about for character creation is your equipment. Right. So uh, again, if anyone has the book, it's on page 289. Um, is kind of the, the base starting class kit. Uh, that's kind of what we went with. Um, those who, those of you who are playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition for the first time, this is what I would recommend. This gives you a good basis of what equipment you start with, how much gold you have left over. So by, um, to explain the, the weight system here and the, the equipment system, so uh, items and currency and stuff like that is actually measured in silver pieces predominantly over gold pieces. it focuses very much on silver. It does delve into a little bit into the copper and gold but it kind of f- focuses it mainly around silver for a lot of things. So to give an idea there's there's platinum, gold, silver, copper. So if you think of a silver piece as your baseline, uh, it takes uh, one silver piece is worth 10 uh, copper pieces. Uh, 10 silver pieces worth one gold piece and 10 gold pieces is worth one platinum piece. Um, but you start with 15 gold, For uh, for rogue by default, it get lets you start with leather armor, a dagger, a rapier, an adventurer's pack, which I'll cover what that is in a moment, a climbing kit and a sheath for your rapier. And additionally, it recommends for an additional three gold, you can take a set of thieves tools, which if you're going to be doing a lot of disarming or lockpicking or stuff like that, I strongly recommend taking that as well. Yep. Um, Now that that leaves without the thieves kit, that would leave you with nine gold silver or nine gold, six silver left remaining Uh, with the thieves kit that would give you six gold, six silver remaining. Right. Um, They don't measure weight. This is the first system that they do not measure weight in pounds, but they measure it in bulk um, so everything has so many points of bulk and you have you can carry so many points of bulk based upon your what you what you have so there's also light uh, once you if something is so small that it's, it wouldn't take up one bulk it's listed under bulk as an l for light uh, what that gives is that it says if you have 10 things with a weight of light it equals one bulk um, and ultimately, your bulk, as I said, your your maximum bulk is based upon your strength, which we, I don't believe we've calculated that out yet on your character sheet. So we won't worry about that here until it comes up. But you're far below your maximum range anyway. Right.
0: Yep. Yeah, I have a bulk of four right now, and I think I can, I think my encumbered starts at five because my strength is so low. Yeah. I think the base is five. You know, I can, maximum, I believe that's correct. Yeah. My maximum is 10. So I'm still unencumbered,
1: but, uh, I'm getting, up approaching. You're right? not far away from it. Not so. far away, yep. All right, so, um, that kind of gives us the, uh, the, the baseline of your character sheet here. So, that is, uh, what was your character's name again? My character's name is Hup, sorry, Hup Bottomsworth. Hup Bottomsworth. All right, so, Hup. Jeweler by trade, thief for fun. All right, so, um, Let's see here. So what we'll probably end up doing here is we will uh, discuss a little bit further you know, kind of what we want to do to start off the character. You're from Nipk. um, And we'll, we'll kind of, we'll probably have some further discussion here. uh, Most likely next week. um, When, where we kind of discuss how your character gets introduced to the world, uh, who your character views as mentors and how your character gets out there into the rest of the campaign. We'll probably do that on our next episode. And then from there, we will introduce the rest of the party going on from that point forward. Um, we're not going to do individual character creation sessions for every party member. We just wanted to introduce this system uh, through Mark. Oh, one other thing I forgot to cover was the action system. I said I would cover that later. Oh, yep. Um, so the action system in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, um, unlike in the previ- previous Pathfinder Edition, for anyone who's familiar, there was a, there were a lot of different action types. You had your swift action, free action, uh, standard action, movement action, full Full action, immediate action, um, and I'm sure I'm missing some in there. Uh, forgotten action. <laughs> the forgotten. <laughs> um, but uh, in here, you have pretty much two types. You have your reaction and your action. Um, and each round, you gain three actions and one reaction. And those three, the, the actions have to be used during your turn. Your reaction can be used during your turn or uh, any time between your turn and your next turn. Um, so that gives you the ability to say if, if you can you can take an attack you can take three attacks if you're standing still even at first level. Um, Or if you want to move, you can move three times, you can move twice and take one attack, you can move once, take two attacks. Um, Every attack you take beyond the first does give you a stacking penalty, so that's similar to how the multi-attacks worked in previous editions. You know, if you swing, each each round represents only a few seconds, so the more times you swing your weapon frantically within a few seconds, the less accurate you're you're progressively going to be. Um, But... There's, there's no restriction on taking multiple attacks even at low levels versus high levels. Uh, I know that was one of the points of frustration of a lot of players, especially when you get higher up in levels and you sometimes have two, three, or even four attacks in a round. Um, if you move more than five feet, you only get the one attack in, in previous editions of Pathfinder. Whereas in this one, I could move and still take two attacks, whether on level one or on level 20. Um, it it tends to at least in my mind feels more realistic as opposed to moving and only getting a single attack during during a move even if it's only 10 feet Um, so that's my perspective but I kind of wanted to cover that because when we talked about um, the marks or I guess hups um twin faint the fact that he had, it cost him two actions to use that that feat so that's two of the three and that gives one attack with each of the weapons right right so um yep yeah. so anyway so uh as i said you can you can take us out here mark but we're we'll get together next week we'll do we'll introduce mark to the world And from there, we'll then progress forward and introduce to the rest of the party, and we'll introduce you to the rest of the players in the game next time.
0: That sounds great. Well, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please uh, leave comments. And if you have suggestions, we'd love to hear from them. You can check out the podcast website at uh, pencilpaperdice.com. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Thanks, everyone. Bye.